Well, good morning to MRCC Church family. Good morning. Woo. Welcome. It's so good to see all their it's faces. It's the first Sunday of 2024. Is it really? Yeah, it is. Wow. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? Last I, year, last week we talked about resolutions. What's your resolution? Are you up to date on your resolutions? No, absolutely oh, okay. not. Yeah. <laughs> I've already failed, right? Have we already failed? There was like, it was like a half and half right yeah, now. Yeah, like 50% Ooh, Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I just, uh, we're just thrilled that you're here. We're thrilled to be together as a family of God. Uh, we have a few announcements that we want to bring to you this morning. And the first one really is that the Sisters of Strength group is meeting tomorrow. So first one of 2024. Yep. Uh, but it's kind of awesome. They're doing something a little different. They're telling you to bring a coffee mug of some sort. Oh, a hot cocoa mug. One that you don't mind giving away because uh, someone else will take yours, but you can take one of theirs. So it'll be, I, I don't want know. you to bring the most ugly, obnoxious mug that you have or the most basic one. It's just like pure white. That would be fun. Yeah. That's probably what I would do. I'm telling you, I'm bringing my sock monkey. I like it. It I is. Like it. It's a, I got it at a, a gift exchange at one point. Why not bring it back? It's like the gift that keeps on giving, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. But we also have a number of things on our calendar that are coming up that you actually need to register for. And one is the women's conference that's coming up in March. That's available. All of this is on our homepage, mrccnow.org. If you look there, we also have a kid con that's coming up in February the 9th and 10th. That's for grades third to fifth grade. It's going to be awesome uh, kind of a conference for them. And you've still got winter camp coming yeah, up next at month. At this point, next, next week, week, next week. we will be at winter camp. Um, many of you yes. have sent me uh, pictures of what the weather is supposed to be like. Negative 11 is fine. I have a few youth leaders that were former EMTs, and uh, she texted me and said, hey, I only know of one way to get rid of frostbite, and it hurts really bad. I said, it'll only happen once, and we'll be fine. So, Ooh, hand uh, warmers. Hand, just pack the hand yeah, warmers. Yeah, nothing hand warmers can't fix. <laughs> but we are so excited uh, for Oops. winter camp. You can yeah. still register at MRCC now. But how awesome work. that they're going to have snow. I, I mean, know. last week there was no snow up there, so it's pretty awesome that they're going to have yeah, snow. Yeah, I saw something like 20-something so. inches, so Oof. it's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be great. A lot of snow. Yes. Uh, but also coming up along the way, uh, next Sunday, we'd love to invite you in the snow, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it might snow here. Uh, we haven't taken on our Christmas lights out there yet uh, because our friends who are kind of, they kind of lead that show are out of town this weekend. So we're going to do it next weekend in the snow. So bring your gloves. Uh, but we would really love some help uh, putting away all the Christmas lights that are uh, decorating our property right now. Yeah. yeah and also, then the next thing. The next thing, it's a pool party pool for party. Uh, MRCC families. Families. Uh, families. So dads, this is your time mm -hmm. to shine. We're going to have a belly flop. Belly flop yep. contest. Competition, so belly flop competition. The diving board will be open. Mm -hmm. If you can add a flip to the belly flop, I think you would win. Uh, but we want to see it. I did tell your kids, by the way, th already this morning that you have already signed up to do this. So dads, You're you must be come. Peer pressured. I like it. And belly flop competition. I did tell the kids that they could also do their own artistic style off the diving board and I let like us it. see what it's like. So but we would love to invite you to be yeah, a part of that. Yeah, that's Sunday the 21st, 21st. at yep. uh, the Edom Club Pool from 1 to 3 p.m. If you are new here or just joining us mm -hmm. for the first couple of times mm -hmm. and you want to just get connected and more know about MRCC and what is going on, if you want to take your phone out, you can scan the barcode on the seat back in front of you or fill out a connect card and drop it in one of the buckets or at the guest center. Or it's find just, us out there. Yeah, or find us yeah. out there. It's just an We're opportunity for us uh, to get to know you more. We're not going to show up at your house unannounced or anything like that, uh, but it's an awesome opportunity. Yep. If you would, open your Bibles this morning to John chapter 14, and if you could do me a favor, raise your <laughs> right arm specifically if you love Jesus. Awkward. Yes, really? you can do that. Awkward. 
Thanks for that, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in the market for a new youth pastor, so if you know. Yeah, I, I, I am kind of one-armed this morning, um, so I hope you can bear with that today. Um, thank you for the warmth and the kindness. So many people, you know, coming back after being gone two weeks for surgery, you know, it's just really cool to feel the love from so many people and the grace and the greeting and all that. It's pretty special. So got kind of emotional in first service. They did forget one thing in the announcements though. Fellas, this is, this is something you want to lock into. Um, at that belly flop contest that we're going to have at the pool, this year we've got some prizes. They're MRCC Speedos. So you want to be there so that you can do the jump and, uh, and win one of those. It's coming up in just a few weeks, but no, I'm kidding. Somebody's going to ask me where the Speedo is. I, I know that's, that's going to happen, but it's great to be with you. It's great to see you. Welcome to the new year, 2024. Welcome to everyone who's joining us online. We're thrilled that you're with us today. You are us. And, and if, you're, if you don't know, I am recovering from shoulder surgery. If I look a little wooden this morning with my right arm, it's because I'm dealing with that, but it's going great. Many people have asked, uh, still sleeping on a chair in the living room and doing everything one-handed, but I'm getting there. They let me get rid of the sling this week, so um, a lot of you have been through it, and we're blessed. Uh, so thank you for your prayers and your care. Super thanks to Pastor Dave and Pastor Allison for the last couple of weeks, you know, standing in, this, in the gap. So yeah, uh, it's going well. So long rehab ahead, but, but thanks everybody for your love. Um, grab your Bible, if you would, this morning, church, and open it to John's Gospel, chapter 14. Next week, we're going to start a new teaching series that's going to really dive into uh, some of the controversial things that are going on in our world. We're going to tackle those controversies, kind of those hot potatoes head on. But this morning, God laid something very different on my heart to share with us as we step into this new year. So John's Gospel, chapter 14 this morning. And let me, let me ask you this. What are you looking forward to in this new year? What is it that you're kind of looking forward to? Is there something, maybe it's a vacation, maybe it's a graduation, maybe you're going to move and there's a new house that you've identified. Maybe you're a Husky fan looking forward to tomorrow. Somebody raise a hand, right? There's a few of us that are looking forward to that. Go Pack 12 It's the last time we can say that is this weekend. But what are you looking forward to in the new year? And I ask that question, church, because God wants to talk to us this morning about looking forward. He has designed us, he has made us to anticipate, to look forward. In a sense, that's the fuel our souls are designed to run on. And we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. And, and, and one of the reasons this is important is because it's human nature to kind of look back, to, to obsess over opportunities we missed or struggles we went through or losses we experienced or failures that we were involved in. And we, we can often get hung up looking back at what we miss or missed instead of looking forward like God invites us to. I came across a website this week that talked about things that we miss, and I thought I'd share a few of those things with you, missing thoughts. So for example, stormtroopers and dogs are a lot alike. No matter where you are, they miss you, right? You get the idea, right? There's kind of a, a missing, a looking back. Which trees miss you the most? It's pine trees, of course. Now, you know I have no shame, so I'm bringing this stuff. You can groan, and I'm still going to do it, right? 
what should you do when you miss your mother-in-law? Reload and try again. Of course, that's what you do if you miss. You know, you get right back at it. Apologies to my mother-in-law who's listening right now, but yeah. Another guy wrote, my cat pottied on my new backpack, so I had to throw it away. I'll miss you, Fluffy. And we said amen. Amen on that one. My boss was pretty upset when he said, you missed work yesterday, didn't you? He got really upset when I said, no, not really. I didn't miss it at all. Just a couple more. You know, of course, that becoming a vegetarian is a big mistake. Jason Person, that's for you, wherever you are. Finally, one last one. What do you tell your Australian friend if he missed a call from his dad? You say, you're boomerang. It'll come to you eventually, yeah. I'll stop now, that's enough, but... But seriously, friends, we're not meant to look back. We're meant at the most deepest part of our souls, our spirits, our, our minds and hearts. We're meant to look forward. We, we are eternal beings. And God is an infinite God. And what he wants us to grow into is this default baseline looking forward. And we're going to hear Jesus talk to us about that this morning. The Bible says that this is what Christ followers, Christians, are called to do, to look forward. Here's how Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, we fix our eyes. We, Christians, fix, that is focus. We fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. All the headlines all the crises, all the struggles, all the troubles, all the grief. What we see is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What's the apostle saying there? He's saying we, followers of Jesus, by our nature, are people who look forward. And because we do, we have a unique and unusual power in life. You see, God's agenda for us is to teach us to look forward. Because when we do, when we're looking forward, when we're anticipating, it gives us the strength to overcome what we may be dealing with or facing today. You know, this next year, Rhonda and I are looking forward to, Lord willing, uh, at the end of August, we're going to celebrate our 40th anniversary by flying over to England and hiking Hadrian's Wall. I don't know if you know about this, but the Roman Emperor Hadrian built a wall across the neck of the British Isles. It's about 108 miles long, goes from the North Sea to the North Atlantic, and a lot of those ruins and forts are still there, and it's a thing to go and hike those 108 miles over 10 days. And uh, each night you go to a little village and stay in a B&B &B and they move your stuff, move your luggage for you and you, you hike each day about 10 to 12 miles a day. And we are looking forward, God willing, to doing that this next year in August. Now here's the thing, here's why I tell you that. Knowing that that's out there ahead of us has a real power today. It's a cold night, it's rainy, we're alone at home, there's nothing going on. Very often what Ron and I will say to each other is, won't that be awesome when we hike Hadrian's Wall? And a million times between now and then, we'll look at each other and go, but you know what, if we just make it to the end of August, we're going to go on this amazing hiking trip. And that anticipation has power to overcome all sorts of stuff in the meantime. God wants us to live like that. God wants you and I to live with anticipation. And so he gives us certain very specific promises. 
one of which we're going to unpack this morning. And it's important to understand because the Lord doesn't always give us what we want when we want it. Somebody say amen. But he promises very specifically that we will be utterly satisfied in the end, that no want will go unfulfilled. Listen to the scriptures again. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporary, all of it. But what is unseen is eternal. So how do you do that? Well, let's, let's kind of unpack that this morning. Let's break that down. John chapter 14, Jesus is speaking to the disciples on the night he went to the cross. And he sets in front of them a promise that he wants them to hold on to, to grab onto, and to anticipate, to look forward to. Let's, let's listen to Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 1, the Lord says, Do not let your hearts be troubled or be overcome by worry. You trust in God, trust also in me. We're going to unpack why he said that in a moment. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I am going there to prepare a place for you. You're going to see me die on a cross in a little bit. You're going to see me rise again after that. You're going to see me ascend to the Father. But really what I'm doing is I'm going to my Father's house to prepare a room in that house for your arrival. Imagine what it felt like to hear that as the disciples in those first minutes. Imagine what it felt like to remember this promise after they'd seen him resurrected and ascended to the Father in heaven. If I go and prepare a place for you, Jesus says, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may be where I am. In other words, I don't just do this for no reason. I'm not just spinning my wheels. If I go prepare something, what that means is that I'm going to bring what I prepared for full circle. I'm going to bring you to the place that I've prepared for you. Church, let this sink into your soul. God makes promises about the future to help us with today. That's his purpose in doing so. That's why Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. There are a million reasons if we watch the news, if we look around, if we only see what is seen and never what is unseen. There's a million reasons to let our hearts be weighed down, to become troubled in soul and in spirit. Jesus says, I don't want that for you. He knew that stuff would be tough sometimes, and he knew we wouldn't understand some of the things that happen, why they happen, why other things don't happen yet. And so he told us to look forward to his promises so that our hearts wouldn't be overcome. Let me ask you, do you believe Jesus when he says this? Do you believe he's preparing a place for you? A room in the Father's house for you. Every holiday, normally we have family come up this year with surgery. We didn't have that. But normally we prepare different parts of the house for different members of our family. And if we like you more, you get a good spot. If we like you less, you get a bad No, I'm kidding. But you know what it's like to prepare the house. And you want to you make it a welcoming place. Jesus says to you and to me who are believers, he says, I- I'm going to prepare a room for you. And because I'm doing that, That means I'm going to come and take you to be in that room. More on that in a few moments. Don't let your hearts be troubled then. Grab onto this. Anticipate this. Look forward to this, Greg. Look forward to this, Peter, James, John, and you and me by name. 
German billionaire Adolf Merkel in 2009, this captured my heart some years ago, committed suicide. Do you know why? Committed suicide because he lost half of his $9 billion fortune in the stock market. I think I could live on four and a half billion. Raise your hand if you think you could. Left hands only, please, in sympathy with me. Yeah. I think I could manage that. But, but, but something happened inside of him when he lost half of it that made him unable to see that. And Jesus knows that that tendency is in us as well. And so he says, no, no, I want you looking forward, Greg. I want you looking forward to my promise, to what I've prepared for you. God makes promises about the future to help us with today. That's why Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled. And what is happening on the inside of you and me makes all the difference, and he knows that. You know, when Jesus made this promise, it was a troubled world. The government was wicked. The Romans were occupying the country. There was concerns about crop yields. There was concerns about the decay of culture. There was worries about all sorts, just like today. And into that, Jesus says, hey, I know all that's out there, but I want you to look through it. I want you to look beyond it. I want you to look above it. I want you to anticipate my promise. He calls us to look forward, up, and ahead. Are you? Is that what you're choosing to do? You and I have a choice about what we look at. I was so struck yesterday. Maybe you watched some of the NFL playoffs yesterday, but there was a running back for the Indianapolis Colts. They're playing Houston, and whoever wins goes to the playoffs. Whoever loses doesn't. Gets to the end of the game. It's the fourth quarter. Quarterback throws a pass to him on fourth down. Just a little dink pass out on the flat. Just a little screen. Nobody else around. The whole world watching, and all he had to do was catch that pass, and Indianapolis was probably going to win and go to the playoffs. Instead, he dropped the ball. This guy had spent his whole life being a super athlete. (laughs) Couldn't catch this little dink pass thrown out to him in the flat. And he laid on the ground just devastated. But then I was so struck afterwards, and the reporter came up to him in the locker room and says, man, how are you dealing with that? And he goes, oh, I'll have another chance. There'll be another game. And when that ball's thrown to me next time, I'm going to catch it. You can count on it. He says, I'm just going to focus on that. I thought, yes, right on. I'm going to look forward. And in the same way, God invites us to look forward. Jesus made these promises so that we would do that. Notice what he says. He says, you trust in God, trust also in me. Why did he say that? Because lots of people who reach to the high calling of following Jesus never really get to the point where they recognize who he is. This man who's saying these words is God in human flesh. There is no higher authority. There is no greater power. There is no one whose words are more trustworthy than his. So he says, recognize who you're talking to. As a matter of fact, in just a moment, Philip, confused by all this going on, is going to say, Lord, just show us the Father. Jesus is going to say, Philip, whoever has seen me has seen God the Father. Wow. So the one making this promise is the one whose promises are more sure than the ground that we stand on. Jesus put it this way over in Matthew chapter 24. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. In other words, there is nothing more secure than a promise that Jesus makes. There is nothing more certain than that he is preparing a place for you if you're a believer, a place in the Father's house to which he also promises to take you. We're going to come back to that idea at the end. 39 years ago, my wife made a promise to me, and I made one to her, to stay together all the way to the end of this life. And because I know her, because I have come to know her so well, 
That's a promise that I just rest in. I know she's going to be there all the way then. She feels the same way about me. And it's a beautiful feeling to look at each other as you get older and crash your motorcycle and get ugly and all that kind of stuff's going down, right? To realize, man, this person is going to be there. But God wants us to feel that, to look forward to his promise, to his bringing us to his house. And in a few minutes, he's going to emphasize that even more deeply. You know, can I tell you that the power in a promise, though, relies on whether or not you believe it. (laughs) The power in Jesus' words depends on whether you believe that this is the Son of God, God the Son, who's saying this. When you do, then the power flows through it. That's why we talk about faith. For about eight or 10 years now, maybe a little longer than that, I've wanted to lose about eight or 10 pounds. Can I just tell you that? It's just, you get older and I don't know, they make pants smaller these days. I don't know why they do that. And so I thought, man, I need to lose about eight or 10 pounds. I'd really like to do that. And I've, I've noticed several friends, several people who, who have succeeded in doing that. And so I go and I ask them and I say, hey, what did you do? How did that work? And every one of them says pretty much the same thing. They say, I changed my diet. I say, I don't like that method. (laughs) I don't want to do it that way. I've got some other ideas. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to run more. I'm going to walk more. I'm going to bicycle more. I'm going to do more stuff. And and the smartest among them will say, well, if you don't change your diet, it's not going to help. And I say, I choose not to believe that. I choose to just keep exercising. It's not working. One of these days, I'll believe that promise. Don't count on it being anytime soon. But one of these days, I will believe that, and then I'll lose that way. See, the power is in the believing. And in the same way, Jesus says, I want you to look forward. I want you, your name. He knows you individually. He says, I want you anticipating. I want you looking forward. The prophet Isaiah brought this same message to Israel back in chapter 7 of Isaiah when he said, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you won't stand at all. In other words, you've got to believe what I'm telling you. And Jesus is saying this to you. Let me ask you, just human to human, are you looking forward to a room that the Son of God is preparing for you in the Father's house? He wants you looking forward. So Jesus says, believe in me. You trust in God, trust me, because that's who you're talking to in this moment. And then he says, there's many rooms in my father's house. I'm going to prepare one for you, and I will come back and take you to be with me where I am. Let's unpack the last part of this. This is the kind of thing, church, understand, that a a parent says to a much-loved child. He says, hey, there's going to be a little interlude here but I'm your dad and I want you to know that I love you and that I'm in your future, that I have a plan for your future. I remember when our son was a toddler and very small and Rhonda worked part-time and so we took him in the mornings to kinder care in Lacey, Washington, where we lived back then. And uh, because of her schedule and my schedule, I would drop him off at kinder care. And I remember the first few times I took him there, it was a strange alien place. I said, son, I'm going to leave you here, but I'm going to come back and get you at lunchtime, right? And then we're going to go home and have lunch together. And since mom's not there, we'll just do all kinds of wonderful food. It'll be awesome, right? I said, I'm going to come back and take you to lunch. And you know, in the beginning, you, oh, dad, don't go, don't go. I said, no, son, you know, you're going to make friends here. You're going to have fun. I promise you, I'm telling you, I'm going to come back. 
And then I had great fun coming back because what I would do is when I got back there around lunchtime, they would always be taking a nap. And you know, there'd be this big room with these little mats and the kids would all be curled up on them taking naps. And I had the great joy, the great fun. I'd, I'd sneak in in the quiet and I'd lay down next to Isaiah just face to face and then I'd bonk him by the nose. I'd say, Isaiah, wake up, wake up. His eyes would open, giant grin, big hug, and we'd go to McDonald's. It was awesome, <laughs> right? God wants you to feel like that's coming for you. He wants you to anticipate it, to look forward to it, to say, you know, there's stuff going on around me that's no fun and no good that would weigh down my heart, but I'm looking past it. I'm not pretending it's not there. I'm not being Pollyanna about this. I'm not, you know, I'm looking beyond it. I'm looking through it. I'm anticipating God's promise. Church, grasp this. And by the way, just as an aside, notice what Jesus says. In my Father's house are many rooms. Sometimes we're tempted to think of heaven as a place where we all get mansions and we can keep everybody else away. <laughs> but the picture that God paints is very differently. The picture that Jesus paints is of a single large house in many rooms. I used to drive the college students crazy when I pastored in Moscow. I'd say, hey, guys, look forward to heaven. It's the greatest dormitory ever. And they go, oh, stop, don't do that to me. But here's the thing. That is a truer picture than many of the ones that flow around in our culture. But think about this. It's a house with many rooms, and everybody in every room is your best friend. It's someone you love and you want near and you want to spend time with. It's a coming together. Listen, church, the Bible reveals to us that God is three persons but one God. We call this the Trinity, not three gods. Three persons but one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but one. Now, our minds struggle to grasp that, but at the very least, it means that heaven is communal, and it reflects God's nature in that we come together as he is one. And we find in that what our hearts are hungry for. You know, no less an authority on suffering than Mother Teresa said that the worst kind of suffering is loneliness. Having seen every kind for a lifetime, she said the worst kind is loneliness when a person is all alone. Some of us this morning may be struggling with that. If you're feeling that, know this. Jesus' promise that we're to anticipate includes the idea that we gather together with the closest and best friends we've ever had forever. You say, I'm an introvert. I don't want that. Hey, I'm introvert 1A. But the truth of the matter is that after a day or two, you're wanting friends. You're wanting others to draw near. Nothing less can or will satisfy your soul ultimately in the end. And Jesus says, that's ahead of you. I want you to look forward to that. You know, maybe your introverted nature is so much of a challenge that you have a hard time making friends. Yet deep in your heart, you know that's what you hunger for. God says, I'm going to bring that full circle. I'm going to cause that need, that desire to be utterly realized. We go to the Father's house together. And by the way, that's why church is so important to the Christian life. It's, it's, this isn't meant to be a franchise where once a week we get an inspiring happy meal and then get on with our lives. It's supposed to be a place where we grow those kinds of friendships, those kinds of relationships. Here's how John puts it over in 1 John chapter 4. He says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. If we love one another, we experience God 
through and with one another. I want to encourage you, if you've decided that MRCC is your home church, find a small group to plug into, volunteer on a ministry team, get around some other people where those relationships start to grow because they are an echo, a hint of the ultimate blessing that we're meant to anticipate and look forward to. And by the way, notice also that this promise reveals something about God. Jesus says, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, then I'll take you to be with me. In other words, he says, God, catch this. God wants you at his house. Have you ever gone to the in-law's house and felt like you kind of weren't wanted? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever not wanted the in-laws to come to your house? Raise a hand. That's not the case here. God wants you at his house. Do you believe that? Jesus, in this promise, is inviting you to believe that. That he wants you at his house. So he's preparing a place for you. He's anticipating your coming. He's looking forward to it. And he wants you to anticipate it and look forward to it as well because you're, you're wanted there. It's a profound thing Jesus is revealing about God in this moment. He's saying to us, we are wanted. We are welcome. When you arrive at some place where you're wanted, it's a beautiful thing. You know, every year, normally in August, not this year, but normally at the end of August, those of you who've known me for some time, you know, I have a habit. I go down to Phoenix to Arizona State University. I meet together with a bunch of my nerd friends who share my hobby. A couple hundred guys, we come from all over the world, and, and we get together for a week to, to do our, my hobby. And, and it's an amazing feeling always the first day when you get there because, you know, I, I walk into that hotel lobby, and I start to see these faces of guys I've known for 25 years, and they recognize my face and we all look older and fatter and we don't care you know it's good hey joe dave bill tom how you doing brad ah. and then i walk through the lobby and walk into this conference room and when i walk into the conference room, there's a hundred tables scattered all across the room and and everybody's looks up and they're oh greg you know and i yeah and then we go I, there's a, at one of the tables my name is there and and there, there's a group that's going to meet there together and i go sit down and we all look at each other we all love the same stupid nerdy stuff and it's an awesome feeling one of the guys said, we're like salmon. We spawn back here every year. <laughs> and it's true. But the feeling of being welcomed, wanted, invited, Jesus wants us to feel that, which is why he gives this promise the way that he does. Do you believe that? Are you looking forward to that? Are you anticipating that? Are you willing to believe that what he says he will do. That's what he wants us to grasp. Again, listen to 2 Corinthians 4. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is forever. It's eternal. Grasping this is what Jesus wants for us as we look forward to this new year. Okay, one last thing. Notice what Jesus says in verse 4. He says to the disciples, you know the way to the place where I'm going. Yeah, I remember the first time I read that in my Bible as a believer. I was like, no, I don't. I don't have a clue. What's the way? Brad, give me some directions here. And, and that was the way the disciples felt in that moment as well. Philip says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. <laughs> Show us the way. And then church, listen to what Jesus said in response to Philip. He said, Philip, I am the way. I am the way 
and the truth and the life. In other words, the way isn't a road you travel or a ladder you climb or a mountain you conquer or some collection of spiritual achievements. It's not a path that you overcome. It's not something you do at all. It's something he does. He is the way. You and I believe in it and then he does it. That's what he wants us to grasp. Because sometimes we, we want to anticipate something where we're not sure we can pull it off. Jesus says, this isn't like that. I'm going to do it. I am the way. I will go prepare a place, then I will come back. I will take you to be with me where I am. You know, a couple weeks ago, a doctor did surgery on my shoulder. And when he did that, he did something I couldn't do for myself. But the beautiful thing about it is that already, just a couple of weeks out of it, I have less pain than I had before it. Last week, for the first time, I slept through the night twice. Hallelujah, right? And it's only going to keep getting better now, but not because I did something, because somebody else did something for me. That's what Jesus is calling our attention to. I will come and take you to be with me where I am. Church, he wants you to look forward to that promise. We diminish the promises of God when we make them dependent on us. And this one isn't. It's utterly dependent on him. Our part is to believe his promise. His part is to make it come true. Human sinful nature tends to assign to ourselves the responsibility for for the future. But he invites us to rely on him instead. Not to cling to the great American paganism of hard work and self-reliance earns you a place in heaven. But to know that just because you believe Jesus promises not only to prepare a place, but then to come and take us to be there. And to, to just emphasize that, the Lord says, no one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way. And today, as we get ready to close, this is what he wants you to do. He wants you to look forward, not because of what you might be able to do, but because of what he is and is doing and will do. Here's how the Lord put it. Heaven and earth will pass away. <laughs> My words won't. What I say is more sure than the ground you're sitting on. It's unseen, but it's eternal and more significant than every temporary seen thing. Listen, church, your Lord wants your belief in him to move from a general sort of affirmation in his direction to a specific awe that will cause you to treat everything he says like the eternal word that it is. That's what he invites us to grasp. That's what he wants you looking forward to in this year. That's what he calls us to enjoy. You know, Ron and I are going to spend this whole winter and spring and summer periodically looking at each other and going, Lord willing, in August, we're going to go hike Hadrian's Wall. Some of you think that's the worst thing ever, but for us, it's way cool. We're going to go do that. We're going to go do that. And it is going to bring so much joy, so much anticipation, so much strength, so much looking forward, so much willingness to overcome. In the meantime, that at the end of the day, it's the anticipation of it that's almost greater than the thing itself. And that's what God wants for us. He wants you and me to look for us. So let me ask you again, what are you looking forward to in 2024? Jesus says, I want you to look forward to this. I'm preparing a place for you. And if I'm preparing a place, I'll come back and take you to be with me where I go. Yeah, I will do it. The gospel is very simple, church. If you're here and you've not received Jesus as your savior, know this, he offers himself to you. And when you receive him, he makes this promise to you. 
And how do you do that? It's so simple. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God, maybe you didn't know this, but God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He sent his son to bring you this promise. If only you will believe in him as your savior. You can do that in just a moment when we bow our heads and close our eyes. And then this promise becomes what you look forward to. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. God, we read the news and listen to the radio and watch TV, and there's so many reasons to be troubled. And, and you don't pretend like those things aren't there, but you say there's something greater. I want you to look ahead. I want you to know that I have overcome this world, and I want you to anticipate what I'm doing for you. I want you to look ahead to that room I'm preparing for you in the Father's house. Lord, we thank you for these words, precious for this promise. And we, we do choose to trust you. Your words are more sure than anything else. So God, thank you for this gift. And as we step into this new year, let it be with head up, eyes forward, anticipating what lies at the end of our road. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your savior, and so it's hard to receive these words, right now you can. He's seeking you in this moment. He said whenever we would gather together, he'd be there in our midst by his spirit, and he's here seeking you. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I need you to be my savior. I'm a sinner, and I need a savior. I've done wrong. Please forgive me. And in that moment, Jesus said you'd be born again. You'd become a new creation. The spirit of God will enter your heart. All you have to do is be honest with him, and he invites you to do that in this moment. Go ahead. He's listening. Lord, we thank you for this promise. And God, as we step out into this new year, let it be with our eyes forward, anticipating what you've promised and knowing the strength and joy that comes from it. We pray that this morning together in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Would you stand with me, church? Just, fellas... Visualize that MRCC Speedo. <laughs> Fear your heart with anticipation. That's what God wants for us. I am now going to give you, for the first time in my life, a one-armed benediction. <laughs> so now may the love of God the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit go with you throughout this week. Go with God. Tell someone you love them. Have a great afternoon. Happy New Year. <laughs>